you My name, of course, is Warren Johnson. Well, super nerdy pet peeve uh, of my nitpicky. I don't think he should have been hopping over the top rope like a parkour champion. You got me mad now. What is your name? As always, with my man, man, pots and pans, Nick McCone. That's me. I don't really know us like you think that you do. I'm Ryan Isley. What is he oh doing? My God. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here? Straight Shooters is, the, I believe, the number one show on Wildfire Radio. I'm feeling good. No sleep, no food, no nothing. Just maniacism. Well, the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. What actually happened on the show? Nothing. Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up, ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land, and welcome to episode 241 of The Straight Shooters. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick Bacone, the Philly voice and Philly influencer. And we got a great show ahead of us tonight. We got a lot to talk about, including, all right off top, you might notice I sound a little different. And Nick, you sound a little different too. Yeah. Well, you sounded uh, we a little sound- different the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but now we sound great together. Right, because we got these fancy new microphones now. We just stepped up in the world. We're from ashy to classy when it comes to microphones. <laughs> so yeah, we out here. We back like we never left. The only thing I'm missing is like a hook to my desk to where the microphone is, has like an arm and then comes right near my face. Instead, I have a microphone stand, which just sits on my desk. But you know what? That's okay. I sound great, and that's what matters. I got the kind of the same thing. This, this microphone I got came with a little teeny uh, mini tripod. So, you know, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. We sounded good. We're looking good. We're feeling good. And episode 241 is going to be good, if not great, as well. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, first off, uh, we're going to talk about taglines, pay-per-view taglines, because I don't know if you've heard, you know, came out sometime last week. It was made official, I should say, that the tagline of Extreme Rules coming up soon from WWE is the horror show. Uh, and that's pretty garbage for a tagline, especially in 2020, which has been one big ass horror show <laughs> from beginning, beginning to this point right now. Yeah, um, yeah, it almost feels like it's it's you know been reported about all the coronavirus stuff behind the scenes and the positive tests that they're just kind of it, it was like a horror show, and now they're actually they put that in the tagline. It as it almost feels like it's a rib on all their workers. Yeah, it's a little, I mean, you could make the case it might be a little insensitive given the time that we're yeah. in right now. Yeah. In 2020. Especially but, with uh, that color scheme that doesn't really scream extreme. <laughs> doesn't fit at all. But I, they probably made that logo well before, I mean, obviously they will put that tagline. Right, right. Um, right. But it got me to thinking. And I was like, what are actually some of the best, some of the good taglines? And pay-per-view taglines, I should say. Or the, or the bad ones. That, that'll be my... My duty tonight. There you go. <laughs> so I have come up with a list of 10, in no particular order, 10 of my favorite pay-per-view taglines. I also have some honorable mentions, but I'll get to that point. And Nick, you have compiled a list of some of the worst pay-per-view taglines. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and there were actually a couple right off the top of my head that I don't even need to look for. So, um, it just made me laugh and to think about even as a kid, how I was like, wow, that's kind of corny. So looking forward to that. So we're going to do that. Uh, and next week we already know our topic for next week. We're going to kind of extend ex- or kind of extrapolate on this topic. Ah, we're going nice, to talk about paper. Nice, nice word. Thank you. I think I got my you know vocabulary up a little bit here and there, but uh, we're going to talk about pay-per-view posters, even though they necessarily don't, you know, they don't necessarily have posters hanging up around cities anymore, but they still exist online and promotional materials. So along with taglines, we're going to talk about pay-per-view posters. I got already, I've already compiled a list of some of my favorites from, and same thing with taglines, WWE, WCW, ECW. Uh, Ring of Honor, TNA, New Japan, the whole thing. So I looked across a bunch of different promotions. Sorry to CMLL and AAA and other various promotions out there. I kind of, you know, lost passion, but I had to stop it at some point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't run the gambit here. And now I'm not looking at old posters from like the 50s and 60s. I'm looking at mainly from the pay-per-view era, you know, when promotions really started getting creative with these posters and it wasn't just like words which those old school posters are great but you know they're all kind of the same so yeah um so we're gonna do that next week but this week we're gonna talk about pay-per-view taglines best ones trash ones but before <laughs> we get into that conversation nick i gotta do my weekly check-in with you baby how you doing tonight my good brother on this wednesday night we're recording on a new night now yeah it's uh, a different well, I think when we started recording from uh, our lovely homes, it, we went Wednesday night, and then we moved it to Thursday, thinking that you know with AEW going head to head with NXT, we would probably have things to talk about. As you can, if you've listened to the last uh, months worth of episodes, really haven't dug into that in a while. I know uh, we had a episode where Vaughn declared the Wednesday Night War legally dead. Um, (laughs) AEW was just wiping the floor in the ratings with NXT. What's funny enough, last week NXT actually wiped the floor with uh, AEW in terms of overall viewership, and they cut down the demo um, differential. But uh, really, there's nothing going on Wednesday nights. As as crazy as it is, um, Wednesday works better for us. And uh, yep. so we decided to go back to Wednesdays because really NXT and AEW, it's not the Monday Night War. We didn't really expect it to become the Monday Night War, but there's really like no no buzz about it at, at this point. And I don't know if it's because of the coronavirus pandemic or just a kind of a, a mixture of everything just going on in the world at once. But even back in October, November, December, January, we didn't we didn't really see that much in terms of uh, needing to talk about AEW and NXT the whole episode. So uh, I'm just kind of hope I'm kind of r- really excited about NXT bringing back the Great American Bash name because I'm a mark for all those old WCW, the good things about WCW, and then AEW uh, running Fighter Fest the next two weeks. So kind of. Uh, I think that'll be cool. I think the shows will be very good. But yeah, it's just the Wednesday night wrestling war lost its steam a long time ago. So 
uh, yeah, we're back here on Wednesdays, and uh, some some nights I'm sure we'll record during the shows. Um, we're doing this before the show uh, this week, and uh, so if anything happens, I'm sure we'll mention it. But uh, it's just a weird time in wrestling right now, man. It's just a weird time. So we just try to have fun. Yeah, we're time on our planet right now, honestly. But <laughs> yeah, uh, as you as you said, uh, we're recording this before AW NXT on a Wednesday. Which is funny, you said like, oh, it's kind of lost its steam, which is I mean, kind of true. But tonight seems like kind of a lit night. We got, like you said, night one of Fighter Fest yeah. for AEW and the quote unquote Great American Bash from <laughs> NXT, which is kind of weird because there's nothing great American or bashy about this show. But here we are. <laughs> and um, they might have red, white, and blue ropes. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but at this, there should be some good matches on the card, right? I mean, there should yeah. be some. Uh, and next week, the winner take all match. So they're kind of hyping right. up a, a craziness going on. Going up against. Day. It's going up against night two of Fighter Fest yeah. uh, in AEW. But yeah, like you said, we're just, you know, we're having fun. We're having a good time. Uh, current wrestling is, is, is okay, but. It ain't that much going on, really, to, like, warn us to really discussing it in detail Yeah, we've never really podcast. been a, Yeah, we've never really been, like, a recap-type podcast. Like, there are shows out there that just recap TV shows. We're more, like, a variety, and I mentioned it before. Like, we're kind of everything good and bad about uh, wrestling and even pop culture. So, I, I enjoy this podcast. We don't talk just about wrestling, but we kind of focus on it. But, yeah, like, why not? Speaking of non-wrestling stuff. Have you watched 90 Day Fiance yet? Have you gotten on this yet, Nick? I have not. I have, oh, man. I, I, I have begun kind of my, uh, I should say last week when I mentioned that I was kind of binging Who's Line. So, yeah, I've been binging uh, Who's Line, and it's just gotten better and better. And Kyle Mockery, Ryan Styles, two of my favorites, doing improv. Uh, and uh, that's kind of been what I've been focused on the last few days, just – Binging it on HBO Max, and it's just a hilarious show. And I, I actually taped it. I taped it back when SmackDown was on Thursday nights, and I believe Whose Line used to be on Wednesday nights, and then they moved to Thursday nights. So I could only, obviously, I didn't have access to my parents' bedroom on Thursdays. Um, it was like my mom was working, and so Mondays I was able to record Nitro and Raw at the same time. But Thursdays was not a good night. And she did not want me to bother her while she was working. So I would, you know, she kept the door open, but I was not allowed to go in there. So I did not tape Whose Line is in any way. So now I'm kind of watching them for the first time, really, because I don't think they were even on demand when on demand started becoming a thing. So I'm just like kind of reliving a, a funny part of my teenage years and watching these Whose Line is in any way shows. So I'm kind of hooked. So 90 Day Fiance will have to wait. Oh, man. You should not wait. It's, it's a <laughs> great show. Uh, it, it demands your attention immediately. Um, so, yeah, I've been watching that. I started Peaky Blinders on Netflix recently. I That's never, a good show. That. Never heard of Peaky Blinders? I've heard of it. Mm. I never watched it until recently. But, yeah, it's a really good show. Mm. Uh, you know, it's about a crime syndicate in the early 1900s. And, you know. It's a good show, really good show. Um, and I've gotten into some Twitter arguments with Dave Meltzer and his incel fans recently. That was entertaining uh, this past Saturday. Uh, so yeah, that's what I've been up to. Yeah, I uh, I saw that, and it's kind of the interesting that 
Um, and you weren't the only one to have um, umbrage with his wording in the Observer newsletter when he was talking about Sammy Guevara and saying that he he's not defending him using, uh, you know, the phrase, uh, even the word rape when he, you know, Sammy Guevara came out and, and apologized. And he, and, and he, he didn't defend him. I, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't even go that far is that he didn't defend. Of course, he didn't defend him. He admonished him. And I said that when I first right. said, hey, this was stupid. I told him, look, you rightly admonished him for that. At the same time, though, that line you said that what Sammy Guevara said was, in, you know, common 20 years ago. I was like, what? For one, journalistically, you leave yourself open for somebody like me to say, no, it wasn't. <laughs> like, you have no facts to back that up to say that was, in fact, common. Uh, and two, it's just, it's irrelevant to the story because what Sammy said was four years ago, not 20 years ago. And who gives a damn whether it was relevant then or not? Like, who cares? Like, even if it was common, it doesn't matter now. Does it didn't matter four years ago. It's the fact that it's bad today. So, it, Dave Meltzer, he blocked me, whatever. And, and then his fans gets in there and they're, trying to compare it to one guy tried to compare it to racism, which I found hysterical. He said, like, you know, it's like when people say, uh, you know, they had never experienced racism, but of course it actually exists. I'm like, bro, racism has been well documented, even in our history classes, which have taught us little to nothing about actual history. But even in our history classes, we're learning about racism. <laughs> like that's been well documented for over hundreds of years, as opposed to what Dave Meltzer said, which is really just something he thinks like right, exactly. <laughs> he thought was common. And if it's common amongst your circles, you need to find a new circle, fam, or you need to get out more or something like something that that because what Sammy Guevara said was not common in 2016. It was not common 20 years ago. It is not common today, obviously. People were saying it's common today. Oh, go on YouTube, go on Twitch streams. It's like, bro, that's not that doesn't make it common. And, you know, so I'm not going to dedicate a whole bunch of time to it. It's just. Weird stuff by weird from weird people, and that was it. So, yeah, and, and I saw that, and I had to, you know, chime in and kind of did my own Twitter thread with the issue being that uh, it it really wasn't common, you know. You, and Dave saying that kind of gives Sammy an out, uh, even though it's not okay. It was almost like a caveat, like, well, he thought it was, and you know, he he was wrong. No, like, there's no there there's no reason to give to give Sammy kind of an out that, oh, he thought it was nothing. Like, that's not, that's that's the issue. And I'll tell you, I was in locker rooms too. You know, I played sports. You played sports in high school and maybe even college. I don't know. I didn't play sports in college, but that term was never used to, to describe like a, a hot woman, you know, and, and you know, we would talk about girls. Right. Me, me and my friends would talk about girls, and we never said that. That wasn't the word we used, and it would no. only make sense if she reciprocated that. And if she didn't, then that was it. You know that that's that's what by was common saying, back then. Are you saying you're attracted to that woman, and you know whatever way you want to say that? There's inherent mm -hmm. like uh, consent in that, right? <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, so so you know, but. Again, uh, so that that's I basically said, the issue that you know I, I think Dave didn't understand why people no. were criticizing him, I mean, and then he took umbrage like he always does to everything. Like I said, if that's common for y'all, y'all need to get out here in the world because people ain't making those types of jokes, and they wasn't making those mm. type of jokes twenty years ago. No, <laughs> like as long as I was growing up, that wasn't a joke that wasn't just 
thrown out there. That would have been met at the very least with a whoa, buddy. Like, right, take right. it easy, fam. Yeah. Like, that's not that's not the wave. <laughs> and then the even it, least, and then even if it was, they'd be like, oh, my bad. You know, I didn't mean to go that far. You know, they would at least exactly. apologize for it. You know, because everybody kind of at least around here understood the line. You know, right. That's never something to joke about. So, if you want to learn more about what I thought about that. Just hit my Twitter up at Vaughn M. Johnson, and I go into great detail about how I felt about that line and people jumping in my mentions at the defense of Dave Meltzer. And uh, yeah, I yeah. let people have it. I'll take people <laughs> over the head. Yeah, you I'm weren't like, running. You weren't running and hiding. You were going right at it. Nah, I ain't running and hiding from nobody. I ain't running, <laughs> running from nobody. <laughs> what you mean? Fight me then. <laughs> <laughs> like DD, my brother, and me, hit me. Right. <laughs> Do something about it. No, but no. It's uh it's okay. It's fine. Um but our show, what we're gonna talk about, right? Uh taglines. Like I said earlier, WWE last week confirmed the reports that Extreme Rules will have the tagline of the horror show. And WWE, I understand there might be in a little bit of a bind because of COVID. And even though they're not doing a great job of taking care of their wrestlers or their staff right now during this pandemic, with people testing positive or them not testing at all for it beforehand, which is just like, come on, WWE, y'all are just looking very bad right now when it comes to that. Uh, but, you know, in Florida, they're essential business. So I guess you just got to suck it up, <laughs> you WWE, because you're essential. You're saving lives, apparently, by recording wrestling shows in front of nobody. But um, apparently... So, in an effort to, I guess, to spruce these pay-per-views up, they put this tagline on Extreme Rules, The Horror Show, which I'm assuming applies to mainly the Braun Strowman uh, Bray Wyatt match, Mm -hmm. which is going to be one of those cinematic matches, fight scene type of things, which, look, got to give WWE credit on this. They've done a relatively good job with those uh, since the pandemic, you know? You can trash them by a number of things, including their handling of this pandemic. But I'll give them this much credit, if any credit, but I'll give them this much. The cinematic matches, they've been okay. Uh, I've enjoyed, we we had fun watching them on the podcast. We watched Money yeah. in the Bank. Yeah. We watched, uh, what was it, the uh, the parking lot brawl with Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, in your house, takeover. Right, man. in your house. So, you know, they're good. They're, they're what they are, but... Yeah, they added this tagline for that match, and it got me to thinking, like I said, about some of the best taglines and best pay-per-view taglines that I can remember. And I, I did extensive research to look up <laughs> the best taglines. And Nick, you did extensive, re- extensive research to look up some of the worst taglines. So I'll start off with the best, and I guess I'll go through those, and we'll talk about what the card entailed and whatnot. And... After that, we'll go through ones you found that you found that were terrible, and we'll go from there. Sounds good. Sounds great. But for me, a good tagline for me is something that's kind of short, sweet, and to the point, but it carries weight. Like you get the most out of the least, right? So you're not you're not gonna have a full fledged sentence or a paragraph worth of stuff, but in its compact package, or your concise package, I should say, you know, being concise, and that package, it has a lot of impact, right? It, it, it hits, yeah. it hits, right? 
So starting off, I got 10, like I said, in no particular order. All right. I went, like I said, I went through WWE. I went through WCW slash NWA. TNA starting from Victory Road 2004. Because that's like the first pay-per-view that I found that that wasn't like a weekly pay-per-view. It was like an actual pay-per-view. Yeah, I believe so. Because remember when they first started, they had the weekly pay-per-views. And those are just like television tapings, essentially. Yeah. So I went through TNA. I went through ECW, which didn't really have a ton of taglines. And even New Japan, which I didn't really find a bunch of taglines for that neither. But so this list is mostly going to be WWE and WCW. So I got 10 of my favorites and I got some honorable mentions to just to throw in there and, um, you know, see what it's hitting for. So starting off way back, way back in 1983, Starcade 1983. Wow. The tagline, a flair for the gold. Short, sweet. There's a play on words there because in this card, this is the first arcade, by the way. In the main event, you had Ric Flair against Harley Race for the NWA, NWA World Heavyweight Championship inside of a steel cage. And the tagline for that, like I said, was, and it made sense, a flair for the gold. Which eventually became, I believe, his talk show in WCW, right? Uh, Yeah, I believe, I believe so. That was Flair I believe it was called Flair for the Gold. Yes, that does sound familiar. As to being his also, talk show, he had like Fifi there, right? It was like a right, who's now his of, current wife. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, Flair I believe Fifi. it was Flair for the Gold. Because I remember when he came right. back to WCW in 93, he was doing that talk show because I guess he couldn't compete in the ring for a while. Right. Maybe it was because uh, he just left WWE or something like that. Maybe, yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. I think that was it. But also on this card, you might remember, of course, like I said, the main event was Ric Flair, Harley Race, Steel Cage for the world title. But you had Roddy Piper versus Greg Valentine in a dog collar yeah. match. Yeah. You know, you had. That's Abdul what I remember the, the most. Versus, right. Yeah, Abdullah the Butcher versus Carlos Colon. You had Steamboat and Jay Youngblood versus the Briscoes for the world, ti- world tag team titles with Angelo Mosca as a special guest referee. Canadian Football Hall of Famer, Angelo Mosca, by the way. I know. I knew you would know that. Come on now. <laughs> I, I got you. You know I got you. So, yes. So, that see, that, that right there has everything that I like. It's short, sweet, carries a lot of weight, and it's it's perfect. It's, it, it's a play on words with Ric Flair and his quest to become the NWA World Championship at Flair for the Gold. Perfect. Another yeah. one on the list. Starcade 1985. Two words, but carried a lot of weight. The Gathering. And they, that's what they call Starcade 85, The Gathering. And it's like, for whatever reason, that just, I don't know why that resonated with me, but it felt like it was like, it, it made it seem very important. This is where people are gathering to see this major event. It was just simply The Gathering. It's a gathering of the masses at Starcade 85. And of course, the main event for this Starcade was Flair again against Dusty Rhodes for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. So, yeah. Again, short, sweet, carry some weight, big show, obviously. The Gathering. I, I dug it. Yeah, it seemed, seemed like they had, a, you know, they were pretty famous for those short to the point taglines, where, whereas you, you clearly don't see that now. But, um, 
you know, back then. I mean, it was probably, you know, simple, like, don't get too wordy. You know, Starcade sells, I don't know if it, they had an uh, uh, idea that Starcade sold on its own, like Vince McMahon had with WrestleMania, where WrestleMania sells on name alone, but maybe they just felt like they needed to add a tagline. And when they did, it's like they couldn't go wrong. Well, I mean, yeah, they did it pretty much every year. 84 was the million-dollar challenge or something like that. Oh, yeah. 80, 86 was we watched it on um, Straight Shooters a couple weeks ago, yeah. a couple episodes ago. The Skywalkers, Skywalkers Night of the yeah. Skywalkers. Uh, and then 87 was, I think, Chi-Town Heat. So they had some some uh, taglines. They, they they liked their taglines with Starcade, for sure, <laughs> and, and, and the old NWA, Jim Crockett promotions back then. I feel day. like that was kind of ripped off because I don't remember WWF. I mean, they didn't really have pay-per-views until the mid-'80s. Uh, NWA was running pay-per-views before that. But, uh, you know, it was like almost like WWF. What's the past ten- bit? There we go. I was trying to think of the past tense of the word of the phrase "bite off." And <laughs> so there it is, "bit off." <laughs> there you go. And uh, I finally got it out. Um, and the WWF kind of like bit off and just started added taglines randomly. Um, so it almost seemed like they they weren't like I don't think WrestleMania had a tagline. I don't think the Wrestling Classic had a tagline, unless I'm completely mistaken. Well- According to Wikipedia, I believe the first WrestleMania did have a tagline. <laughs> well, Wikipedia it doesn't mean always... it was good. <laughs> uh, I can look it up real quick, but I do recall seeing one for okay. the first guess, WrestleMania. Maybe yeah. everyone did have one, but it definitely wasn't marketed the way. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't say WrestleMania one happened before I was born, so I cannot say right. how it was marketed. But um, growing up, you know, I I don't really remember all the pay per views having a tagline that was marketed um, until really, you know, Top Pentagon showed up. Oh my god! <laughs> Look, the first WrestleMania, according to Wikipedia, the tagline was the greatest wrestle wrestling event of all time. <laughs> like, it's pretty damn generic. <laughs> Not much creative uh, creativity behind so, it. So, so now they own the greatest wrestling event of all time, the greatest match ever. Um, there you so go. They, they have it all. Okay, they got the greatest Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah. A lot of great stuff happening in WWE. Oh, did that even have a tagline? I gotta check that out. You don't need one. The title is a tagline. It's the greatest <laughs> Royal Rumble. <laughs> that is it. That's um, crazy. WrestleMania twenty eight is next on my list, and so we're jumping ahead a long time. Okay. Twenty twelve. Yeah, probably WWE's last really good tagline. Once in a lifetime. And this was, of course, in reference to the main event, The Rock versus John Cena. This was the biggest match WWE could do to that point. At that point, I still think the biggest match they've done in a long time. I mean, what's the bigger match they've done since, honestly, uh, just from a star power, you know, perspective. Um, And I think it might have done the biggest buy rate ever for, for, for WrestleMania. I mean, uh, for WWE, it, the, the, I think one that comes close might be Lesnar and Goldberg, but that was Goldberg no, that, way that past his prime. From name, a pay per view standpoint, in, in name value, um, not no, necessarily. That, that doesn't touch the Rock and Cena. I, Hell I, no. I'm saying you. You said have they done one that that near as big since then? I'd be like that. Probably would be the second one, right? Not maybe it's not near it, but uh, it's probably the right below it. I would go with. 
maybe Undertaker Brock at WrestleMania 30 before that one. That was a big mm. match for namesake. But I don't know. It's I not. Know. I don't. This was this was massive, obviously. Yes, and, one, and it was. And great. I think that yeah, and the tagline, once in a lifetime, short, sweet. You don't need any more than that. It's just once in a lifetime. It was perfect. Now the problem is, obviously, this match was not once in a lifetime because <laughs> <laughs> it happened the very next year, and it became twice in a lifetime. But heading into this show in 2012. This was a once in a lifetime type of match, and WWE obviously did. I think they had did did plan for this match to happen at twenty nine in advance. Like they clearly planned because that's where everybody knew it was coming. Like once The Rock came back in twenty twelve and said, "I'm getting a title match at the Royal Rumble," we all knew it was happening. But going into this and to hype this particular matchup to its nth possible degree. Which it deserved. A lot of hype. Like, if you're WWE, you got this match. You put as much into this as possible. Great tagline for it. Once in a lifetime. Because, again, at that point, this was a once in a lifetime matchup. You get The Rock, massive megastar. Even at that point, this was already now eight years ago, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. That match already happened eight years ago. So it was like yesterday when we were like, yo, this is like mm-hmm. massive match. But... Rock, at that point, massive megastar, you know, as, as mainstream as mainstream could get. Cena, not quite mainstream yet, but big star within wrestling, obviously. And now he's getting he's getting to that point now. Here we are eight years later. But at that point, he was known, but, you know, you know, he was still getting there. So, yeah, it was a big deal. So, again, perfect tagline for that particular match once in a lifetime. Um, I, I so, think, and... The the fact that the rematch happened the year after has no bearing on how great that tagline was because even at that point maybe they didn't realize they would do it again in a year. I so, think they did. Uh, I mean, may, maybe they were waiting to see the reaction. Maybe how the Rock held up in the match. I, I don't know. Um, maybe they did have a have a good idea of it. But the once in a lifetime, you you have to go with that, especially when it's Cena and the Rock, like the two right. biggest stars of two different eras. So, um, I thought it was perfect for it. I think The Rock, with his schedule, you know, when he's filming movies and whatnot, you got to plan him out years in advance because he could be filming movies. You don't want to get him last minute to do something like that. So, and WWE is notorious for doing stuff at the last minute. As we (laughs) can hear, we hear the Undertaker documentary, how they decide WrestleMania matches in January and February with him. Um, Yeah. That's because Undertaker ain't got nothing else going on in his life. (laughs) Honestly, like, he ain't doing much else. That really, that documentary kind of hammered that home, too. Right, he's just hanging out with his kids and his wife, and that's fine. That's great, and he's living a good life. But whenever Vince calls, he's ready to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Rock, <laughs> on the other hand, a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, doing massive movies, doing TV shows. You know, he's got his own production company, so you got to plan somebody like him out a year in advance. So I think they knew going in that they were going to do something next year, and Rock blocked that time off so he can get ready to to go at WrestleMania 29, which was you know twice in a lifetime but that's, that's a good point so uh next up on my top 10 i think this one this, this is very, this is specific to a person but i think this one is again another perfect one for unforgiven 2002 this is the one and the, well the tagline i should say the tagline is the next big thing has arrived <laughs> and this is a month after brock lesnar had won 
the undisputed championship for the first time. And this is, his, I believe, his first title defense. And it was against The Undertaker in Tell on a Cell. You, uh, you recall this? I do. And I do. the poster was, and I, I will mention this in that poster episode next week. So a little bit of a spoiler there. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's in my top 10 or not, but it's definitely going to get mentioned. Um, the poster is just a picture of Brock with a sadistic smile on his face. And in the middle of the poster said the next big thing has arrived. And it's talking about Brock, of course. I thought that was perfect because if you recall, Brock's nickname from the time he showed up in early 2002 was the next big thing, Mm -hmm. which he was. He was the next big thing in wrestling. And for Unforgiven 2002, the next big thing has arrived. And he and Undertaker proceeded to have... The first of many matches together, but this one was really, I think, kind of forgotten because they've had a couple of matches since then, especially WrestleMania 30, and they had another Hell in a Cell match. Uh, but Unforgiven 2002, they had a Hell in a Cell match that got really bloody. Undertaker had a cast on his hand. That was, that was a big story in the match. I think even Paul Heyman got color in the match. It was It was crazy. But yeah, the next big thing has arrived, Unforgiven 2002. That's uh, that's funny because I totally forgot about that pay per view. I remember the Hell in a Cell match at No Mercy with the Undertaker, but uh, Unforgiven, yeah, I totally was forgot that No about Mercy. That. I thought that was Unforgiven. I think they had a like a didn't they have like a chain match at Unforgiven? Uh, it was like something that then it was something because I think they had that the rematch was in Hell in a Cell. And that's why they did that, which you know kind of. Lose oh, you're points. right. Wow. I'm yeah. so wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I-, I will say. Well, it was still, they, they did have a match. It was Lesnar versus Taker, and it ended in a double disqualification. So, yeah, no mercy was to hell in the cell. Oh, man, I'm stupid. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw you under the bus like that. but uh, No, it's fine. I, <laughs> I deserved it because it, either you had would have said it or the fans out there listening would have said yeah. something, and I would have just sounded dumb. So, yes. <laughs> You are correct. Hell in a Cell. I could have swore this was the Hell in a Cell match, but no, you're right. Hell in a Cell was at No Mercy the next month. I'm dumb. <laughs> and I think it was, uh, did they start the, I don't think they started the brand exclusive pay-per-views yet at that time. So uh, I think Le- Lesnar sure. and Undertaker was like the biggest feud at that point. Triple H was just getting the World Heavyweight Champion Championship. So Raw didn't really have uh, a lot right. of mojo at that point. So Lesnar Undertaker was like the feud. Uh, yes, because No Mercy had a unification match between Triple H and Kane for the WWE and for the World Title and the Intercontinental Championship. Because for whatever oh, yeah, reason, is that what they got rid of the Intercontinental Title? Right. For whatever reason, WWE thought that was a good idea. I don't know why. <laughs> so angry about that. <laughs> it was so stupid, and they rectified that like the following like May or June. But yeah, at this point, there was no Intercontinental Championship after this, after No Mercy. But again, Unforgiven, 2002. Not a Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> my mistake. This is how deep I was into the taglines. I was just was looking it the like, taglines. Was it the chain match? Was I right? Was it, it was a gimmick match, It just match, said a uh, singles match. So I oh, think wow. they just, so maybe not. They just did, you know, just a regular match. And uh, there were, I think there was a chain involved in the Hell in a Cell. Yeah, maybe, maybe I could be wrong about that yeah. too. Who that was knows, a, but, that um, was in like one of the times where I was kind of mad because I, I was all the Attitude Era guys had, had gone by that point. I was losing interest, and even Brock Lesnar didn't entertain me at that point. I I felt like he 
you know, I didn't pay attention to the matches. I didn't see his talent at that point uh, and how good he truly was. I didn't care that he wrestled, you know, in college or, you know, high school or whatever. Uh, it was at that point where I was just like, whatever. And I was kind of in between watching here and there and just not watching at all. So that was during one of those times. So I actually remember going back. At some point in 2003, I went back and watched his Hell in a Cell match with The Undertaker. I was like, wow, that was awesome. Like, what have I been doing? <laughs> so yeah, I'm sorry. Classic Brock. match. <laughs> the match was so good, I forgot when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't make the slogan or the tagline, I should say, any less great from Correct. Unforgiven 2002. I don't even care about what the tagline was for No Mercy the next month. <laughs> but uh, moving on. SummerSlam 1997. Oh, okay. Also, another one that will be discussed in the poster discussion as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that will be brought up in the poster discussion, I should say. Uh, the tagline for this was Heart and Soul. Again, short. Now, I know the one before Next Big Thing has arrived, that's a full sentence. <laughs> uh, it's not that short, but it's short enough. And it's, it's still, it was perfect for that event. Mm -hmm. This was also perfect for this main event, which was, of course, Bret Hart representing the heart in this tagline, going up against The Undertaker, representing the soul in his tagline, because, you know, he takes people's souls or something like that. He's like Shang Tsung, <laughs> apparently. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a great tagline for this main event. Of course, the story heading in, the story coming out was fantastic. I will say this, 97 WWF, for like a three month period from SummerSlam until Bad Blood was like, and then of course they had great stuff after that too, with Kane and whatnot going into WrestleMania and of course Steve Austin and whatnot. But I was at a three month period with Undertaker, uh, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. I would say even into Survivor Series was some of the best storytelling they've done probably ever. And they don't do, they don't tell stories as well anymore. And it's very simple. It was just like, all right, Bret Hart, show my, Bret Hart, Undertaker, y'all have a match. Y'all, y'all gonna go for the title. Meanwhile, on the side here, we got this Kane thing happening all along. Shawn Michaels calls Undertaker the title. Undertaker's pissed. Bret Hart, you go and wrestle Patriot Del Wilkes for a while, even though that was a flop. <laughs> but Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, y'all got this blood feud. They had what was that event? Before Bad Blood was a breakdown, I believe. Ground Zero. Ground Zero. Ground that's zero, what it was. Yeah. I'm wrong again. Ground Zero. You just said Ground they Zero, had, didn't you? Like two minutes ago. I thought ago. I said breakdown. No, I thought oh, maybe I misheard. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> no, it, it was it was Ground Zero, but I thought you said Ground Zero when you were talking about SummerSlam through nah, Bad, Bad I said, Blood. Maybe I, I said breakdown. Because well, it's funny because that's actually on my list, Ground Zero. So don't look that tagline up. <laughs> I'm not looking it up, but uh, Ground Zero, they had this match where they just fought each other for like the whole show, pretty much, and it didn't end. There was no ending to the match. It just fought each other the whole night, and then it led to Bad Blood and the Hell in a Cell, and Kane finally arrives, and that's a big deal, and Shawn Michaels moves on with the title with Bret Hart, Undertaker goes with Kane. For the next like six months and it was great mm -hmm. but it all started for me at least it all started with at SummerSlam heart and soul Undertaker versus Bret Hart great tagline and some great storytelling from WWE that they do not do anymore you hit, shame. The, hit the hit and nail on the head with the storytelling because 
I was like hooked at that point. Uh, WCW was doing some great stuff. So going back and forth was so exhausting, but, um, each show piqued my interest at, at like an all time high. And I remember being mad, kind of, kind of mad at the undertaker. Cause I'm like, well, clearly it was an accident, you know, and maybe Shawn Michaels will, you know, say that, you know, the next night or something like that. But then he, you know, he got into it. He turned heel and, you know, it got me to hate him. And I was like, yeah, man, screw Shawn Michaels. then. <laughs> so it was definitely some of the best storytelling they, they told and kind of, uh, even these, uh, like, the loopholes where you can make logical uh, arguments against what's happening. It's like, well, Shawn Michaels clearly doesn't care that he made a mistake, so he's a jerk anyway, so go Undertaker, you know, kick his ass. <laughs> so, uh, right. definitely was great storytelling, and then even Bret Hart with the Patriot, and the Patriot not being able to reach the ropes despite being two inches <laughs> away from it, but uh, oh my God. that's neither here nor there, but yeah, definitely some of the best storytelling they've ever had, and really even company history i'd say i'm yeah i agree like i i think like i said from that from this match heart and soul to uh bret hart going off on his own but undertaker and Shawn michaels still doing their thing through ground through ground zero to bad blood kane showing up uh causing undertaker the match Shawn michaels going on to face bret hart which makes sense undertaker going on just he doesn't want to fight kane all that stuff and Shawn Michaels winning the title, which we know happened in controversial fashion. Uh, everything, it was just, from a storytelling standpoint, fantastic stuff. But again, it started at SummerSlam 97 with heart and soul. Let's take it back, though. Back to the 80s with a tagline for WrestleMania 5. You know this one, Nick. I do. Which one is it? What is it? The Mega Powers explode. You said it in a very strange way, but I'll repeat it for the listeners who couldn't get that. Uh, <laughs> the Mega Powers explode. Hope I didn't blow my mic out. No, you sounded you sounded fine. You sounded fine. <laughs> but I do yes. a bad Vince McMahon impression, I guess. Is that what that that was a that's what that was supposed to be? Uh, yeah. Oh no. Yes. No. I, look, I couldn't tell. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe that's a good thing because I don't want to be like him. So <laughs> you fooled me, bro. You fooled me. I'm gonna do a Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon impersonation on the next one. No, don't worry, I okay. got you. But okay. Mega Powers explode. WrestleMania five. Of course, the Mega Powers are in reference to Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, who were the Mega Powers when they were a tag team. Uh, but before WrestleMania five, Macho Man saw the lust in Hulk Hogan's eyes. <laughs> He had enough of his crap. He was, I'm done with this clown who, yeah, you're right, Macho Man. Hulk Hogan was checking out Elizabeth. She was, was he? touching, he was cropping fields and everything. What's up with him? Uh, I would have beat him up too. So that's how we get to this match. A year in the making. Started at WrestleMania 4. Here we are, WrestleMania 5. Talk about great storytelling, by the way. This was, this was very good. The mega powers explode. So, that's another tagline in my top 10. Classic. Classic. Short, again, to the point. You immediately get it. Boom. There we go. Yeah, and uh, I think that, you know, it, it's funny looking back and seeing, like, Hulk Hogan and his tag teams and Macho Man and his tag teams, uh, how similar the names were. It's like they could, they only use three words, with Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan, it was the Mega Powers. 
With Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake, it was the Mega Maniacs. And with Randy Savage and Ultimate Warrior, it was the Ultimate Maniacs. So, you know, I just, that's kind of like where, what I think and how, how it's kind of funny to me that they didn't, they use three words, a combination of three words for those three tag teams. That's an astute observation by you, Nick. Yeah, yeah, that that's what they pay me for. <laughs> pay me. It's what? like they had like a machine, and it's just like, <laughs> all right, we got Macho Man, and we got Ultimate Warrior, and just spit out a name, yeah. Macho Maniacs, or it was Ultimate Maniacs. Ultimate, or Ultimate Maniacs. Yeah. <laughs> I said Macho Maniacs, but um, the Macho yeah, Warriors. Why not the Macho <laughs> Warriors? Come on, the Macho that. That ain't that bad. I don't. Know. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm like the girl who was like, I don't know if you saw TikTok when she ate something. She was like, mm, huh? Yeah. No, I don't like that. <laughs> That's me. I'm like, hmm? oh, no, nah, I don't like. It. I don't like it. Um, I don't like it at all. But um, so yeah, Mega Powers explode WrestleMania five. Of course, classic, classic main event at WrestleMania. Um, but now we move on to the next year, WrestleMania six. For the ultimate challenge, is that good? That's 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 uh, yeah. I'm sure it's, it's better than it's mine. Hulk Hogan, <laughs> the Ultimate Warrior, the <laughs> ultimate challenge. That's the one where they were uh, like uh, constellations, right? In, yeah, in the sky, <laughs> in the stars. You look at the stars; it's constellations. You see the Big Dipper. You see, yeah. you see this one, and then you see Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, and it's like, what I remember, the hell I remember are you like, talking look, about? Looking at the sky, and be like, I don't see that. What the hell? Yeah, what the what in the world? <laughs> what the hell is Mister McMahon on? <laughs> on some stuff. I can't can't imagine. Been, I can't imagine him on commentary for that match. How ridiculous it would have been. Oh my god, the Ultimate Challenge. But look, in all seriousness, this was a great slogan, a great tagline for this show. This was. Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, first time they went babyface versus babyface in the main event of WrestleMania. They were easily the two best babyfaces in the promotion at that point. Uh, arguably the two most popular wrestlers in the world at that point. Uh, there was just as many Ultimate Warrior fans at that point than there were Hulk Hogan fans. Like It was split right down the middle. I mean, you've heard in our podcast in the past that Brian Isley talked about there were fights at school. If you were on the <laughs> wrong side of the schoolyard... You might get beat up. If you were on the <laughs> Ultimate Warrior side and you were a Hulk Hogan fan, you're going to get your ass whooped because <laughs> we don't want those uh, Hulkamaniacs on this side. And if you wanted to be an Ultimate Warrior, you couldn't go to the other side with the Hulkamaniacs. It was like, it was like you know, fights at school about this. So there was a split down the middle. And of course, you had title for title, champion versus champion, uh, winner take all, except until they don't. Because <laughs> the Warrior was never a double champion. He just like had both belts and gave one up. Yeah. Um But yeah, this was a big deal. And because it was champion versus champion, it was like the ultimate challenge. They never did champion versus champion matches back then. Now they do them on TV for nothing. <laughs> just Gosh, like it's nothing. Yeah. yeah. But back then that never happened. And it was like, oh, this is like the two best guys. Cause again, back then, if you were the intercontinental champion, you were essentially the second best person in the promotion. Behind the person that was a WWF champion. It's not that way now. But that's how it was back then. And so yeah. Couldn't. That was the ultimate challenge. I think that was a great tagline. For this show yeah. and this main event. Uh, Vince McMahon's ridiculous intro aside. 
It's great. <laughs> I thought it was great. Simple to the point, like a lot of good taglines are. Yeah, it's just you know, I, 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 I that's that's what I'm a fan of. Those to me, those are the best ones. You know, getting the most out of the least. So, so I've like, um, oh, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. I was gonna say I don't. So I would have. I might do some research this week to see uh, if there are any more than what I came up with for not maybe not necessarily the worst, but ones that you just kind of shake your head at, and you're kind of like, free. I don't know if you have uh, more. Um, I got, like I said, I got a bunch of honorable mentions. <laughs> I, I, I have hope. so many from like a time period of the '90s, WCW and oh yeah, WWF, like. Um, I'm kind of gonna zone in on those because I'm I'm looking at these and I'm just like, well that's bad, well that's bad, well that's well, really bad. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm with it. Look, I'm I'm curious to see if you have any that if I say any that are on your list, which would okay. be funny. Okay, so you, well, I, you were close with one of them, but um, I don't think okay. you technically said it. Um, so go that's ahead right. with your honor, honorable mentions. Well, I'm not there yet. I still got three more of my oh, top ten. Oh, okay, okay, good. So that's only I'm only at let me see, it's three, four, five, six, seven. So I got three more. Okay, okay. So I run through these pretty quick. SummerSlam 1991, a match made in heaven, match made oh, in hell. Man. That's just beautiful, man. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. That was one of my, uh, not one of my first ones, but like. It, at that point, I had been watching for about a year, a little over a year, and I was, I just kind of, you know, the intro to the pay-per-view when, you know, they went through both kind of stories and Vince maybe like, a match made in heaven, a match made in hell. And so I was just, exactly. it, that that grabs you as a as a viewer. And I don't know if it grabbed adults the same way, but for me, I was, what, five years old at the time? I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is going to be good. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh hell yeah! And, and of course, of course, the match made in heaven was in reference to the kayfabe wedding between Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth, who had reunited just a couple months prior at WrestleMania. Which was, look, I don't know. In reality, I'm pretty sure their relationship wasn't great, and even by this point, at the uh, the, the 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 wedding. At SummerSlam 1991, I don't know if they were even technically together at that point. I, you know, I don't necessarily know for sure. But when they reunited at WrestleMania, at WrestleMania Seven after the Ultimate Warrior beat Macho Man and retired Macho Man, yeah. uh, and of course Sherry comes down and she's beating up Macho mm-hmm. Man, and Elizabeth comes down and gets and saves her man. <laughs> that was legit emotional, and. People were in the, you know, I'm sure if you watched it, you've seen it. People were in the crowd crying. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they were shedding tears. Yeah. And it's really rough now, considering the fact that everyone in that match is passed on, which is really kind of sad. That's the the saddest part. That's about the most emotional part. You know, Sherry's gone. Yeah. Liz is gone, of course. And Warrior died. He, he's the most recent one that died. He died yeah. in 2014. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it it, it, it was emotional, but... That led into SummerSlam, where they got married. And that was the main event of SummerSlam. It wasn't the match made in hell, which was, of course, Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior uh, teaming up against Colonel Mustafa, General Adnan, and Sergeant Slaughter. 
no, it was the match made in heaven. It was the wedding between Ultimate Ultimate Warrior between Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, and that was that was how the show went off the air. <laughs> and it was <laughs> everybody was okay with it. Like, could you imagine that? It was probably the only wedding in in WWF history because they've had a lot of weddings, <laughs> which is kind of funny. <laughs> but probably the only wedding to go off without a hitch. They said I do. And that was it. And Macho Man, Elizabeth, <laughs> will you marry me? <laughs> that took him like 10 hours to ask. Right. Elizabeth hit him with the oh yeah, and they, we were off and running. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was, it was, it was cool. He uh, would, again, uh, I, I love like how she would be like, oh yeah. And Randy Savage does like the head thing and looks at the crowd like, <laughs> did she just say that? Yeah. Like he's surprised. Bro. Yeah. She's at the altar with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is uh, I did go over a friend's house, my old babysitter, who she got her and her kids got me into wrestling, and so we watched SummerSlam '91 from their house. But I don't remember watching the wedding portion, so mm. I don't know if we left by that point. Maybe it was too late, um, and we left to go home or what. So I had no idea. I, I don't know if they. Sh- I'm assuming they showed the snake uh, on the pay per view that night. Or I don't know if they waited for uh, TV that week to show, like, here's what happened that during the uh, reception. Uh, well, like, according I- to uh, Wikipedia, uh, it says, Highlights of the reception of Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth were aired on the WWF syndicated cable and cable programs and included The Undertaker mm-hmm. and Jake Roberts crashing the party. So, oh, so maybe, I, maybe, I, maybe, maybe I did stay. Maybe I did stay then. Um, so you couldn't you couldn't see it. I mean, you couldn't go off the air with the reception and sewing a snake <laughs> jumping out no. at the wedding. That'd be sad. No. <laughs> it, it would be a hell of a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> it would, but damn, that's the, that'd be sad. Yeah, but it, it kind of worked out, you know, with Sid uh, rescuing the day or saving the day rescuing the day but who the hell says that Sid saving the day and uh, you know it was he Sid's a good guy you know but definitely uh, an interesting way to end the pay-per-view especially when I had just started watching not too long before that so I was kind of like is this the norm you know I was afraid to cheer when Bret Hart won and when Virgil won because I was embarrassed of jumping up and down with everyone else. It was just a weird time for me. I I, vi- I remember that night vividly in some respects, and then I can't even remember if we stayed to watch the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stay to watch the wedding, man. Come on. <laughs> that was like the price of, that's worth the price of admission right there. I mean, I don't even know, remember if it was a school night. I don't remember if we started school in August or what. I, I honestly don't remember. Well, but we, we remember the match made in heaven and the match made in hell. So, Beautiful. a little on the long side of taglines, I will admit that. I, I I will color outside the lines a little bit when it comes to length. But I thought it was still really kind of creative uh, for, you know, especially given what was happening. You know, it fit perfectly what was on that card at the wedding. And you had that big main event with Hulk Hogan and the Warrior teaming up against uh, Adnan, Mustafa, and Slaughter. Uh, but we got another SummerSlam. Uh, SummerSlam 1998. Highway uh, to Hell. Man, that was so good. Very good. Of it course, had, that is it. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it had been, uh, for me, actually, had it had been like a while before I was so hyped for WWF because I, you know, going, getting the internet and going through everything and 
kind of reading how people hated WWF and uh, I was like sad about it and all that. But once they came back in 98 and took over, um, this felt like a WrestleMania to me. It really did. I mean, it, they promote the hell out of it. Yeah, I, I think that's what made it for me. Uh, you know, the Highway to Hell theme, the theme song, the new logo, uh, the storylines heading into it. It really it, it, it felt so much bigger than WWF going into WrestleMania 14. That's a fair point. Again, this is Madison Square Garden, SummerSlam 1998. You're 100% correct. They debuted a new logo, which was, you know, Attitude Era type mm-hmm. logo for mm-hmm. SummerSlam. And they had the ACDC song, and you had a big main event that they had been building for months, Steve Austin and The Undertaker. Now, the match necessarily didn't quite deliver mm-hmm. because Steve Austin got concussed, yeah. concussed early in the match. Uh, but the promotion was brilliant. Like, it was great. It had people excited, had people ready to watch. Also on this card, uh, Triple H and The Rock and the ladder match, classic. People, you know, don't overlook that as a great ladder match. Also, I think an underrated match on this card, if I remember correctly, would have been, let me look it up real quick. Definitely remember Steve Triple H and The Rock in a ladder match. But I believe D'Lo Brown and Val Venus had a really good match for the European Championship. That's kind of like lost to history. But if you want to watch a good Attitude Era, just straight up wrestling match between two guys that aren't like The Rock and Steve Austin and all those guys, D'Lo and Val Venus, they had a pretty good match. Also on this card, the Lions didn't match. Remember this? Yes. Ken Shamrock and Owen Hart and like... I think the theater and MSG yeah. wasn't in the actual arena. It was no. like in the theater or something mm-hmm. like that where the Lions did. They were trying to like do like a cage fighting type of thing. Yeah. So WWF, they were doing all kinds of stuff back then. Were. Were. That was they a lot. Were. And I know that D'Lo Valvinas match, uh, they opened the pay-per-view. So uh, I also thought that was, I agree with you. I thought it was a great match. And the fact that it opened the pay-per-view made it even better because uh, it was a great opener. They had three matches before that, but they were all before the pay per view started. Right. So, is this um, some of these guys had such strong characters like Val Venus and with yeah. the you know he's like the porn star and D'Lo Brown had the theme music and the neck and all that stuff. <laughs> you almost forget how good of wrestlers they could have they they yeah. were yeah. when they really put on their working boots. They could go, and because the characters were what really drove the Attitude Era, you kind that their actual in ring ability kind of got overlooked. Not only because they only had like five minutes matches a lot and they didn't really put in a lot of time in those matches but because just everything else kind of overshadowed it everybody was so over with their characters and all the stuff that they were doing that craft tv style you almost forget like oh these guys could work and i think if you check out that d'lo valvinas match you kind of it's a refresher on like yo okay these guys they could go when they when they really had to and they did on this night but highway to hell uh one of my top 10 best pay-per-view slogans and lastly to round out my top 10 again no particular order uh wrestlemania 18 now when i looked this up there was like three taglines <laughs> for this which was kind of weird but the one that that really i liked the most was quote the one and only which is again short sweet and if you're talking about WrestleMania as a brand and as an event, 
the one and only, I think is a really, really good tagline. It just makes it seem so important. This is the one and only type of show like this. WrestleMania. The one and only. It reminds me of like the Warriors. You ever see the movie called The Warriors? No. No? Okay. Well, check it out. (laughs) Came out in the late 70s. Uh, Cult classic. It's about a bunch of gangs in New York. And like a like a fantasy type New York, but still late seventies, and like they refer to like the big, he's like the the guy who's like the boss of the biggest gang in New York. His name is like I think his name is Cyrus, and they just like, oh, what do you know about Cyrus? And he's like, he's just the one and only. And it's like, damn, that's that's deep. Like he's just that's what he that's what people call him, the one and only. And it's like, and I just thought about that when it came to this event to, to this tagline WrestleMania eighteen, the one and only. It's like, damn, that's. That's good. <laughs> I like that. I so, will say you did pick the best out of those three. Yeah, because the other ones just didn't like Icon versus Icon was really in reference to one match. Right. It wasn't really about the entire show. Uh, and I think the other one that I saw, at least on Wikipedia, was the absolute best ever, which is like I don't <laughs> yeah. know. It just sounded weird to me. Uh, I didn't yeah. like it. It's like what? <laughs> it's a bunch yeah, of word I, I word like salad garbage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just didn't fit. It just didn't fit. It did, doesn't really roll off the tongue like the one and only does. Yeah, the one and only is definitely a good one. Like to me, that's that's deep. I, I like that. I like that a lot. So that's my top ten, my favorite ten taglines of all time. I shall quickly run through my honorable mentions. Uh, let me start off with a TNA one. Impact Wrestling okay. TNA Turning Point two thousand six. This is what Kurt Angle. I think this is is his second pay per view. One of his first pay-per-views, I think. And it was, and this is in 2006 when he jumped over to TNA from WWE. And it was, it's damn real. <laughs> and of course, that's in reference to Kurt Angle's, you know, catchphrase. It's real. It's damn real. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, next up, Starcade 1989, Future Shock. And I thought this was pretty cool to me. I know it may, it may sound a little corny, but... It, you know, the poster had Sting on it, and at that point, Sting was looked at as, like, the future. He was the future of WCW, and he really turned out to be that. He was the guy moving forward, and to me, Future Shock, which is like, oh, that's a cool way to kind of say, hey, we're looking to the future with this. Star K89, Future Shock. It's an infusion of future talent, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Next one, Halloween Havoc 92 slash 93. They kind of had the same... Uh, slogan or catchphrase tagline, I should say, and that is "spin the wheel, make the deal." And this is like I don't know why I like that. It rhymes, it, yeah, so maybe that's, that's why. <laughs> maybe that's why I liked it. So, "spin the wheel, make the deal." It's just it's stupid, but I kind of dug it. Uh, Survivor Series 1998, Deadly Game, and of course that's in reference to the Deadly Game tournament, which I don't know why they called it the Deadly Game tournament. But or why they even called this event the Deadly Game? But I like it. I don't know why. <laughs> that might be the only one I'm not. I'm not a fan of that you listed. Like, what does Deadly Game mean? Are they playing Look, a Deadly Game? Like, I don't know. <laughs> as far as we know, no one died. <laughs> but I thought it was kind of neat. It was. It's, it's made it feel more serious because if people's lives are at stake, it doesn't get much more serious than that, right? Yeah. I um, guess so. uh, next up, WrestleMania 10. Very simple. Uh, 10 years in the making. It's very simple. Very yeah. short to the point. It's 10 years in the making. Uh, Mania 4. I actually really dug this one. I, I, this was close to being in my top 10. 
But WrestleMania 4, the slow, the catch, the tagline was, quote, what the world is watching. And it just made it seem so important. It's like, this is what everybody's watching. So if you're not watching it, you're missing out. Like that, to me, that's great. What the world is watching. Yeah, they even put, so joining with the rest their, of the world. They even put that into the intro of like their, um, I know Jim Ross said it, uh, at one point and that's, they used his audio, but their intro like a while, like years ago was like, the world is watching and WWE logo. Right. And so definitely has a cool, it's definitely a cool phrase. Yeah. Again, joining with the rest of the world and watch WrestleMania four. So good. Great, you know, marketing and promotional uh, tagline right there from WWE. WrestleMania 30. There's a lot of WrestleManias here on this list, just so you know. Uh, WrestleMania 30. Les a bon ton roulet. And I know, like, what, what did he just say? But that's French. Uh, of course, WrestleMania 30 was in New Orleans, which, of course, has a lot of, you know, French history to it. And les a bon ton roulet means let the good times roll. So I thought that was pretty cool. Tagline. It was in French, you know. I dig it. I took French in college and high school, and I got a C in my last time taking French. So I understood that. <laughs> you know, I did just good enough to get that past that class. So I, th- I think I needed to go to Wikipedia to figure out the the literal translation. So no, I got it for you. I know some <laughs> French. Les bon, and I can say it too, right? Oh, Les bon ton roulette. So I got you. Les bon ton um, roulette. Stop it. That's Stop it right now. <laughs> Stop it right now. Um, <laughs> uh, WrestleMania 15 next, which was here in Philly. Oh, uh, this is it. This is our first. The Raging, the first the raging Climax. You, you love that one. I like it. I didn't say Grow I loved up. it. it w- Grow up. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> That's if, it was in, if I loved it, it would have been in my top 10. I liked it. I didn't. I, look, you. I'm not thinking about it the way you're thinking about it. Get your mind <laughs> oh, out of the gutter. Co- co- come on. Come on. Who's and not I, thinking about it that way? I could understand where somebody could say, oh, this is WWE trying to be like, ha ha, wink, wink again. 1999, But to me, it man. was like, this is the climax to a bunch of stories. But why's it got to be raging? WrestleMania is supposed to be. A raging climax? Why not just the climax? Because <laughs> you, like you need a descriptor on that. You can't just say the climax. The why raging not? climax. It was in Philly, too. Kind of I yeah. feel dirty. No, it's, it's <laughs> look, get your mind out of the damn gutter. All right. I'm telling you. It's, Looking back, it's a, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the climax of stories. I, I know what it, there's a, definitely, it's a euphemism. It's definitely a euphemism. Come on. It, you're probably right. You're probably right. But like, just like TNA was the euphemism. Didn't they have? Well, you know what I think. Maybe that's the reason why they had the, uh, ra- the cli- the I was gonna say raging climax party. <laughs> oh, they, the, the, um, the WrestleMania rage party or something like the, that before the, the night before rage party. So maybe that's the only reason they had it, so they can make sure that hey, we're not talking about what you think we're talking about. So see, here's the WrestleMania rage party. Like, what I sense think- does that make? A rage party? Is it a playoff rave? Like, I don't know doubt it why do they do that (laughs) (laughs) why do they have a big televised party the night before wrestlemania and i taped it (laughs) i taped everything it was a big they promoted the hell out of that i watched it yeah i thought i was gonna watch adults party for the first time (laughs) in my life 
<laughs> like I have never been to a party with adults like that. I was what ten? <laughs> Not I was ten years old. I'm like, wow, this is gonna be a party with WWE wrestlers. This is gonna be awesome. I'm gonna watch it. And it was just like stupid stuff happening. And I, I was Isaac Hayes there? Yeah. Yes, he Isaac was. Isaac Hayes was there. Yeah. What? And like they just what? What I d I still don't get it to this day. I don't know why <laughs> they did that. It was again. I guess it was a way to promote the event, as if they right. needed promotion. Right. WWF didn't need promotion in the Sunday night. They were selling out all their shows. Right. And just another thing they, they did. Just another night at work for everybody, for the wrestlers, for the production people. I'm sure they didn't want to do it. They wanted at least one night off. <laughs> but nope. The night before WrestleMania, let's do this thing at the Pennsylvania Convention Center. WrestleMania uh, Rage Party. Much rather them have held the Slammy Awards uh, that year. I guess, man. Just give people a night off. Jeez, they work hard enough. <laughs> or that, yeah. Maybe pre- pre-tape the Slammy Awards and or something. Maybe come come in in Philly on like Wednesday because I, I still think by that point they were doing like a weekend thing. So, But it, it wasn't nearly as big as, uh, you know, now it's a whole week and change that they do. But at uh, least they don't have a rage party at the end right? of the week. <laughs> they do. All right. They do have the Hall of Fame ceremony. They couldn't even say it's a WrestleMania party. They had a put rage in there just because yeah, they had the raging climax it was anti-establishment man this, we're gonna rage with 55 year old vince mcmahon dude we're gonna rage you know it just fed into oh, that man. counterculture type of stuff that was happening in the late 1990s i'm just jealous because i couldn't go i'm with you bro <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to go to <laughs> that would have been awesome as a 10 year old Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, what they go to the rage party? Mommy, mommy, take me to the rage party, please. <laughs> the hell's a rage party? <laughs> Where did I find out? The con- <laughs> at the convention center. <laughs> WWF's there. Imagine, you know, because my parents didn't keep up with everything. Um, and, and I know they didn't exactly like the product in 98, 99, etc. But if I had told them, hey, they're having a party there, um, can we go? And I, I honestly think that if they, because they didn't really do much uh, research in it, uh, maybe they would have at this point. But they, they could have taken me if I asked or tried. I mean, to how much su- research something. could you do? I, I don't know. What's like a- call, call the convention center, I guess, and be like, be like hey, hey like, what kind of party is this? Yeah, can I bring my son? Like, how old is he? Twelve? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is this was this like eighteen and over or twenty one and over? Like what was it? Right. Like, was there alcohol on the premises? I mean, I'm trying to remember. Uh it's probably on YouTube somewhere, but I definitely had it on VHS. We, and I think we I probably uh, got to live commentate this. Yeah, yeah, if we find it. Because <laughs> I doubt <laughs> it's on the network. T- I don't think it's on the network, but we can look for it. No. We're gonna find this and we're definitely gonna live commentate the WrestleMania Rage Party. I think it, uh, <laughs> we hopefully, have to. hopefully it was only an hour because I cannot do like two or three hours of that crap. But um I think we'll, it was on like we'll USA to too. I think it was aired on USA. Like it, it was on t- it was on T V. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember watching trying to it. think of the trying to think of the channel, but USA would make the most sense. I don't. Maybe it was on UPN because no, just, Smack, SmackDown wasn't even a thing by then. So I just found it. It was forty five. It's forty five minutes on YouTube. Oh, nice. So yeah, nice. we're definitely going to watch that. <laughs> big pun was there. I forgot about big pun. Oh my god, big pun was there, bro. This is so. We gotta watch this, bro. This is how did we? Mi- how did? Uh, now I'm mad that I didn't get to go. Got to watch this. It's going to happen. 
<laughs> All right. Moving on before we talk more about the rage party. Oh, man. Uh, WrestleMania 17, Houston, we have a problem. Obviously, it was in Houston. Made perfect sense. Uh, WrestleMania 21, WrestleMania goes Hollywood. That was in LA. I thought that was short, sweet, made sense. And lastly, of my honorable mentions, I will go with TNA Slammiversary 2006 with, quote, this is the one, which I thought was like, oh, this is like the one big event. Like, okay, I got it. I thought that was pretty cool. That's it. I'm done. Those are my favorites. Why would they use it on Slammiversary and not Bound for Glory? Come on, man. Don't ask me these questions, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> TNA didn't always make sense back in the day. But um, we'll say they still don't. But hey, that's, what, can I, what can I say? Neither here nor there. Exactly. I, I dug the slogan nonetheless. Now, Nick, I shall turn it over to you. To give me some trash taglines. So I have uh, quite a few. I'm gonna. Fo- I'm sure there's more, but uh, for the sake of time, I narrowed it down to ones that I, we could just laugh at. Um, yeah. And I, let, I, let, give give me as many as you got. So I have. I wanted to go back before uh, Scott Hall made his appearance, like the last pay per view before Scott Hall went to WCW f- to start the NWO and all that. So Slamboree 1996 was the last pay per view. And once I looked at the tagline, I just sat there and laughed for like two minutes. And the tagline it, for Slamboree 1996 What goes up must come down. Hard. Wait, what was the last part? Hard. <laughs> oh, I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> what? What goes uh, up must come down. Dot dot dot. Hard. <laughs> and we can talk about the the poster because it's really a play off the poster. Uh, we talk about that next week, but um, it's just so weird. Like when when you're just l- looking at text and it's like slabbery. What goes up must come down. Hard. Like come on. And hard man. isn't like gigantic letters. <laughs> yeah. This event had. 16 matches. Whoa. Main evented by the Giant versus Sting. The Giant won for the WCW title. The Giant was the champion going in. These matches... Look, So I'm on Wikipedia. These Lethal Lottery tag team matches, that's why there's so many matches. They go six, seven minutes, four minutes, eight minutes, three minutes, three minutes, five minutes three minutes, four minutes. Like, they're so short. There's one match here that is zero minutes because it was a forfeit. The Public Enemy defeated Ric Flair and Randy Savage by forfeit. <laughs> the Public so, Enemy. Yeah, so what goes up must come down hard. The last oh, yeah. pay-per-view, the last WCW pay-per-view before the NWO became a thing. So, Man. Um, the NWO definitely didn't exactly uh, fix the tagline nope. problems. In, uh, WCW. I, I was going to say WCW had some trash ones that. So I'm, gonna, I'm sure you. I'm sure you had some. Uh, you, you got them on your list. I'm going to go back. Uh, well, actually, move forward a little bit to the Bash at the Beach of 1996, where Hulk Hogan turned heel famously. But going into the event, uh, we knew that it was going to be a six-man tag team match. Uh, but the Outsiders never introduced their third man till the end of the match, so uh, it was always just kind of like heading into it. It was Batch at the Beach, and the tagline for Batch at the Beach 96 is, this is no day at the beach. Catch the big one. <laughs> that's Man, that's so bad. 
They have, and that, right? and I get what they're trying to do. It's like, <laughs> oh, this is no day at the beach because it's bash at the beach. But it's like that's a little too on the nose. Catch right? the big like, one. <laughs> catch the big one. Big what? Oh, I guess a wave, right? <laughs> you would hope. I guess, yeah. <laughs> but it's a little too on the nose. Little you know, bit. That, that's something that we, you know, in my in my line of work, when we trying to come up with copy for like a social media post. Sometimes that's you know when we come up with something and it doesn't necessarily work. Sometimes you're like, I mean, that's that's a little too on the nose. Maybe not do that. Maybe come up with something a little more creative. But you don't want to <laughs> use the word that's in it, you know. And they, it's batch at the beach. This is no day at the beach. Like what? Get I that get, it, but, get that crap out of here. You know. Nah, that, that's that's trash. Get out of here. Yeah. So that I, I'm. That's like that's like Starcade. It'd be like Starcade. And the tagline is a cavalcade of stars. It's like <laughs> what? <laughs> but that even sounds better. Said. Even that, at least that <laughs> sounds better. But uh, <laughs> and uh, all right, fu- uh, man, WCW's on a roll here. Even with the Hulk Hogan heel turn, and the next month they had their first ever Hog Wild pay per view. Tagline for Hog Wild '96: Ain't no easy riders here. Man, that's just WCW was on a roll. I'll tell you, ain't no easy yeah. riders here. Like, <laughs> what? And I yeah, really they're trying to play off of the fact that it's hog it was hog wild, right? It wasn't yeah hog wild at that point? Yet. Yeah. So the motorcycles and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, ain't it's no like easy WrestleMania, riders. the the mania of wrestling. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's just. Well, no, here, not, here's here's one similar to the one they use for the Bash of the Beach, and maybe you'll have something to say about this one. The next year's road when it was the Road Wild, ninety seven. It's gonna be wild. Oh, what? <laughs> they didn't even try. They did not. Come on, they, WCW. That, that might be the worst pay per view uh, in that era. I will say because the matches sucked. Uh, I did like the atmosphere of like being outside, and you know it was just a different look. But everything about this sucked, and I remember ordering it because Lex Luger beat Hulk Hogan on the Nitro before this to win the title, mm. so I was all hyped up. And then obviously Hogan won it back here, but they did not try at all with this one. <laughs> it's gonna be wild. Oh nine nine matches. And this is what this is apparently when uh, I had read reports that there were supposed to be three title changes at this pay per view, and so they didn't happen. Later in the month, they had their very last Clash of the Champions. So where the two titles, the two title changes that were supposed to happen at Row Wild happened at the Clash of the Champions. The third world title change was supposed to be the tag team titles. Guess who was were the tag team champions at the time? I do not recall. The Outsiders, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, and somehow they got out of jobbing to the Steiner brothers who just had <laughs> Ted DiBiase as their new manager. So, very interesting time, 1997 WCW. I loved it back then, but could you back, say Could you say it was a wild time? So, I will go to <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I cracked myself up, boy. <laughs> it was a wild you one. You go breeze right by that and not laugh at, at that? That's crazy. <laughs> I wonder if the wild man Mark Merrow sued them. Yo, he should have been. Yeah. It's literally got wild in his name. Yeah. Yeah, that ain't right. Because <laughs> he was already in WWF at the time. He left in 
Mar- he got, he went there in March '96, so Hogwild even was after. He that, was at so. WrestleMania 13 in early '97, so yeah. yeah, he actually debuted at WrestleMania 12. He, uh, the first time I remember seeing him was like, was it 12? Yes, it was 12, not 13. Yeah, you're right, it was 12. Yeah, because I remember he was backstage with Sable. Um, right. Uh, sure he Triple H was like berating Sable and bumped into Mark right. Rowe, so that's when that's they had, they had like a yep. brawl or something so that's when that's how they explained Sable going with him right, so, right. yeah I remember that I Top Hat Gill though Top Hat Gill's the man he was in the middle okay. of all that alright <laughs> how about this one Super Bowl 9 1999 headlined by Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair <sighs> He who wins the belt has the power. World heavyweight title. That's the tagline. What? It's a paragraph. Yeah, that stinks. That's yeah. way too long. He who has the power has the. <laughs> he who, who has the belt has the <laughs> power. That's all that needs to be said. <laughs> he who wins right? the belt has the power, which is crazy because going into this, Hulk Hogan's the champion, so it's not like a vacated title. To where you can even make sense of that tagline. And then it's he who wins the belt has the power. There's a period. And then world heavyweight title with an exclamation point. Look, at some point, <laughs> WCW got really bad at these. And it's like... <laughs> really bad. At at like their peak, though, they got really bad at these. <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah. And the, the longest match on this card was 20 minutes and 36 seconds. It was a two out of three falls match for the WCW World Tag Team Championships. It was like when the winners got crowned on a tournament. It was when Kurt Henning and Barry Windham beat Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. So that was the longest match on this pay-per-view. was just over 20 minutes. Naturally. Yeah. So he who wins the belt has the power. That's even all over the poster, too. It's not even, like, hidden. Yeah. but I'll give WCW a little bit of a break. Uh, I have one more left at them, but I'm going to switch to the WWF. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Ground Zero. Oh, you said you were going to talk about this earlier. I will say, the poster looks pretty awesome, so we'll talk about that next week. Okay. But the tagline, I just, I just don't... And it kind of sucks because... He was hurt at SummerSlam 97 the previous month, but the tagline for Ground Zero is that's the bottom line. So I don't know if you could really change that mm. at that point, um, but they kept it, and he did. Stone Cold Steve Austin did make an appearance to forfeit the tag team titles, um, and I think by that point he had already forfeited the Intercontinental title. I'm not positive about that. Yeah, but, I think he did, because didn't they have a... Um I think they had an IC title match on this show at Ground Zero. See, I don't, I don't remember that. I'm pretty this sure was the first like, three-hour. Well, let me see. I am on the page. It was like Owen Hart and Farouk or something like that. No. Oh, you know what? That was a bad blood. So they were they oh, were in the, they were in the middle of a tournament at this point. Wrong or may, again. Or may, maybe it was right after the tournament. What they did have was the four-way match for the vacant tag team championship. So it was after Austin uh, vacated the tag team title, then they the headbangers won because he came down and stunned Owen Hart, which was that was a great moment. Like I, I do love that moment on that pay per view. But yeah, first three hour in your house, and that's the bottom line. Still, Steve Austin's partly on the poster, and I mean, at not. least it was like 
the promotion, they probably did the promotion well in advance, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And Steve Austin was on the poster. That's the bottom line. It isn't a great tagline. You know, especially when you ground zero, that's the bottom line. What? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> uh, it's just Steve Austin's slogan. So, right, exactly. Um, that's why I'm not like, um, so it's, just not a fan yeah, It's kind of kinda lazy. But, you know, they were, I guess they're going to feature Steve Austin and, you know, whatever. But, you know, that's, I agree with you. That's not great. At least it wasn't gang rules, which was that the was trash, 1997 right? Survivor Series tagline, which was even written in the logo. Um, looks like graffiti type thing. They, they tried, yeah. but it's terrible. And uh, gang rules with a Z on the end, you know, with R-U-L-Z. No. E. no. R-U-L-Z. What? Like... <laughs> So gangs don't know how to spell, apparently. What? <laughs> they can spell gang right, but no not rules. And it was just and I get what they were there's a reason why they were doing that, it's because there was a bunch of factions in WWE at that yeah. point. The Disciples of Destruction. You had um DOA, right? Yeah. What were they called? That's Disciples DOA, right? of uh, Apocalypse, yeah. Apo- I said destruction. <laughs> what is wrong with me today? Disciples of Apocalypse. It sounds a lot better. DOA. Yours sounded a lot better though. That's why they were called DOA, because, you know, Apocalypse begins with an A, not with a D. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the Boricuas, with the Nation of Domination, uh, the Heart Foundation, there was a lot of people in yeah. uh, a lot of different factions and groups in WWE at that point. Now, the Heart Foundation wouldn't last too much longer <laughs> <laughs> after Survivor Series, but, nope. yeah, gang rules. What does that even mean? What does gang rules mean? What's gang rules? <laughs> Like I, I, I remember being at CCD that Sunday morning and writing in my my notepad Survivor Series tonight. It's going to be the bomb at seven. <laughs> like, and I would always make notes like that because it would just remind me, hey, I got wrestling tonight, so let me just get through CCD. Let me get through the day, and uh, you know I have wrestling tonight. So <laughs> I even wrote below it, and I wish I kept it, but I didn't keep it. And I wrote gang rules with rules spelled correctly. And I underlined the ES. <laughs> I Good remember, I vividly remember doing that. Oh, man. I was so weird as a kid, but hilarious at the same time. <laughs> oh, no. You spelled it right. He did it the right way. Yeah. WWE yeah. Was, that was That was my editor uh, coming out in me at uh, that early age. Exactly. But uh, he spelled it the right way. I will say, though, that I got three more listed here. Two WWE. WWE ones, um, but both when they were called the WWF. Actually, no, I lied. WrestleMania 19. <laughs> All right. That was 2003. That was my senior year of high school. I should remember that. Go. I was in the middle of uh, you know, off my on and off, and this kind of brought me back a little bit. I was like, it's WrestleMania. I gotta, I gotta watch it. I gotta order it and tape it, even if I didn't watch it live that night. But I did watch it here and there. The tagline for this, which I, I must have missed on the build-up, and I don't know if they even did it, was Dare to Dream. And I think you would I think a lot of people will like that. Cause it's, you know, WrestleMania, it's in Seattle. I don't know. Dare to Dream. I didn't like it. Dare to I saw dream. that. It's just weird. And it didn't didn't really inspire me at all. I didn't really like <laughs> It didn't really like register with me. It's short. It's to the point. But Dare to Dream is very feels very generic. To, to and even though there are others 
that you could probably say that you know the ones that I've named that sound generic, like the one and only. Mm-hmm. But that that felt like more. It just added to the importance, right? Of WrestleMania. There's like, like a connotation to it. You know, there's a connotation right. to it. Dare to Dream is more like a, you know, a motivational type quote, not like yeah. the one, the one and only telling you, hey, like we're important. Dare to Dream right. is like follow your dreams, and to me, it, it for this specific one, it kind of gives off the impression that hey, just making it to WrestleMania is a career goal, and your 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 drive and motivation shouldn't be winning the world title. It should just be being in WWE and that's kind of what Dare to Dream implies to me at least. Maybe I'm just overanalyzing it, but Dare to Dream is kind of like a weird thing where it's like I don't want to just be at WrestleMania. I want to be the top dog, damn it. <laughs> and so right. you know, the one and only kind of, you know, gives off that impression that, yo, know, this is the most important thing. Dare to Dream is just it, it doesn't fit, I don't think, at this it, point. It was just corny. Yeah. This is kind of corny. So, yeah, I agree. I'm going to save the WCW one for last. So, I have one one here, one left, the WWF SummerSlam 1992 from Wembley Stadium. <laughs> I saw this one. I know exactly what it is. SummerSlam so you thought you'd never see. Five what? years in the making. Five. Uh, this is this was the fifth SummerSlam, I would assume. Yeah, I added the last part. It's oh, fifth the fifth SummerSlam, and it's already the SummerSlam you thought you'd never see. It's like what? Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. I guess because Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage one on one, but and they were both good guys. And uh, but also, as a Wembley Stadium, correct. So, it was the first time 000. they really had you know that setting. Um, right, but for me, so, I was like the SummerSlam. I thought, I, but I've seen these matches before. You know, like I've <laughs> right. seen like some of these guys go up against each other. To me, the SummerSlam you thought you'd never see would in- imply that I'm going to see something I've never seen before, and maybe the I mean, Wembley Stadium kinda, setting. But I mean, you got the Wembley Stadium as a pay per view in the UK, which they've done UK pay per views, but not. SummerSlam, uh, and they had the Bret Hart Bulldog match in the main event. So I kind of get it. It it was not good. It's not good. Though. <laughs> I agree with you. It stinks. It's the SummerSlam you thought you'd never see. It's like, like but what are you talking about? Why don't you just say that? Uh, and the funny part is, this is the first tagline I I remember vividly because uh, I've been watching wrestling for about two years at this point. And so I've, I've gotten in the routine of watching, you know, the weekly programming and Monday Night Raw wasn't a thing yet. So I would watch primetime wrestling on Monday nights and all their weekend programming. So, you know, I was definitely it was ingrained in my head, you know, the SummerSlam you thought you'd never see. So I maybe that's part of it. I just hated hearing it because I was beat over the head with it every single time from it was even from. Like it felt like after WrestleMania, you know. So for four months, it felt like that's the only thing I ever heard. So I was like, "Please shut up, just shut up." You mean so you mean WWE? You mean WWE <laughs> run stuff into the ground by trying to beat you over the head with it over and over again? Like yes. the ultimate thrill ride, WrestleMania. I'm like, very shocking. I know. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. 
I will end on this note, and I, I, I will actually probably look up more uh, the next week to see if uh, any if there are any other ones that I just laugh at. But you remember that classic match between Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior in WCW? Oh, man. In 1998 at Halloween Havoc. Because I, well, you, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Uh <laughs> We just talked about that match already. Oh no, not that one. Oh man, it was it was the night when good battles evil. Oh, yeah. As opposed to yeah, all those other nights that happened. <laughs> so when Goldberg Goldberg was the good and DDP was evil. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> It was like that all across the board, right? It couldn't have been just for that one match. No, no. Kind of. That's, that is terrible. What Alex a terrible Wright. tagline. Alex Wright was evil. Fit Finley was, you know, good. Wrath was what evil. A, Meng was good. <laughs> what a terrible real. tagline for a show that had a terrible main event. I will say, the name, the names, it, like the matches are, are, just have the potential to be great. You had Rick Steiner supposed to face Scott Sider, that never happened. Uh, I mean, it did happen for five minutes, but, I mean, it could have been so much better. I don't know if an injury played a role or whatever, but you would you could have had Rick Steiner versus Scott Sider for the first time. Scott Hall versus Kevin Nash, because they had split up by them. Bret Hart versus Sting. Hogan versus Warrior. Goldberg and DDP. Goldberg and DDP is kind of the one that, you know, I wasn't used to DDP being in the main event at this point, so I was kind of like, eh, about it. But he won the fall brawl. We did a live commentary of that. You know, he won. He won the fall brawl the previous month. So uh, the war games. So he had the title match. So at least I had a month to really get used to him being in the main event. Uh, but like some of these matches just have like a great. You just look at it. and You're like, wow, like those names, great. But just a terrible pay per view, terrible tagline. It's the night when good battled evil. DDP and Goldberg was a good match. Yeah, yeah. So good that they showed it the next night. <laughs> well, they had to. Uh, but, Yes, yeah. red, white, and blue ropes on NXT. <laughs> Nick is in heaven right now. And on that note, <laughs> that means it's, that, you know, it's past 8 good, o'clock good, Eastern here. Good prevails. Red, white, and uh-huh. blue ropes. <laughs> it's past 8 o'clock Eastern here on Wednesday night. Which means AEW and NXT are underway. Which also means it's time for us to wrap it up here on episode 241 of the Straight Shooter. So, Nick, unless you have anything else to add to some slogans or taglines, yeah, that's just I just crack up when the night one good battle the evil. That is so trash. I think um, I think Chucky even made an appearance, or was that before this? Oh my god! I know he <laughs> he appeared on. I'm Nitro, surprised. But- I'm surprised you didn't have the RoboCop event on there. <laughs> well, there's plenty um, of time between now and next week, so that's true. Maybe I'm I'll sure make you'll my find l- some. Make another list for for I'm this. I'm sure you'll find some uh, next week, though. Me up. <laughs> next week, though, uh, like I said earlier, we're going to extrapolate on this conversation by talking about the best wrestling posters of all time, pay per view posters, I should say, uh, that I can you know cobble together, and and my personal favorites, I should say. <laughs> pay-per-view posters uh so we're gonna do that next week and nick will come back with some, even some more terrible taglines but until then nick take us out with some plugs please 
You can follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. Follow me at Nick Bacon on Twitter. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. You can also check my work out at phillyinfluencer.com and check this podcast out at Philly Influencer and perhaps phillyvoice.com. Didn't get a chance to send it to them the last few weeks, but uh, maybe this time I will. <laughs> Just maybe. Just maybe. Uh, I'm at one of them Johnson on Twitter, like I said before. If you can't find me there, you may find me out here in the streets, but probably not. Um, make sure to check us out, shootersradio.com. You can dig through our archives there, check out some past episodes, a whole bunch of them. We got over 240. Well, this is 241, so we got 240 mm-hmm. prior ones to this. Make sure to go check them out. Make sure to check out, check us out on all those apps you have podcasts on whether it's apple Podcasts, stitcher iHeartRadio, you name it we're on there check us out pandora spotify we're all over the place check us out on there rate review and subscribe to us on there as well we're also on patreon patreon.com slash shooters radio you can subscribe to some exclusive content for the small fee of 199 so yeah we actually have more episodes on there that we did not post to our main feed so really we're probably at like 250 ish. There you go. There you go. So check them out. Patreon.com slash shooters radio. But for Nick McCone, my name is Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 241 of the Straight Shooters. And we'll catch y'all again next week. Peace. <laughs>